Happy Saturday, Robert. The last time we were together, we were uh, in California. Yes, Burbank, my my home away from home, as I like to say. You haven't been out here in 15 months. What was your excuse for that? Um, something happening in the world? There might have been. I don't know if you've been watching the news, but apparently there was a pandemic happening then. <laughs> that, I don't know. It didn't make all the news stations for sure, but... <laughs> Well, I only watched 90s movies like um, Getting Even with Dad with Macaulay Culkin, so that wasn't covered. They didn't, yeah. So you, you missed out a little bit, but yeah. It was good to be back. It was a little strange at first, but I got back into my L.A. groove pretty quickly. Yeah, it was great to see you. Great to hang out. What, is, uh, what, did you, what was the highlight of the trip? Uh, there's a couple, there was a, kind of, a couple of first-time visits that nobody's been to before that I've been kind of holding on, not holding on to, but I just haven't had time, so... Uh, one was the house from Saturday the 14th, which was a spoof in the early 80s. Um, um, I don't you have you seen that? Probably not. Uh, no. Yeah. So, well, I met one of the the actresses. Uh, she played the daughter in it at a Hollywood show a couple years ago, and I was like, "Where is this house?" And she goes, "Well, I think it's over by here." And so I did some investigating. So I did finally find it. So. And then, uh, yeah, I went out to the desert. It's been a while since I've been out there and, and did a few more locations, uh, including uh, the opening of Psycho 3, which we've talked about on this podcast. And, yes, and actually, that looked really cool, by the way. Yeah, so it took a um, kind of scoured that to kind of get the right spot and keep a lookout for snakes or anything like that. <laughs> you got really cool stuff, too. Uh, shots of, was it Melody Ranch with the tank? Yeah, so I'd not been out to Melody Ranch before, and uh, I had planned to do that. I was actually getting ready to last year, and then, of course, uh, could not. And so I uh, met him out there. I could not get the shots I wanted of uh, kind of the main Western Street, uh, because Westworld Season 4 was getting ready. And literally, I had to hide my camera, because they they didn't want anything leaking at all. Oh, yeah, it's it's super you know high security with those sets. Yeah, you can't have so, anything. Well, you but, got some yeah, great shots. Yeah, no, they had a lot of stuff there, and there's one one whole kind of um, I don't know, what you call it, a garage of lots of different props. A lot of Arnold has a lot of stuff there. He has his own cabin there on the property um, that he can stay at, and he brought a couple tanks over. Clint Eastwood has some cars over. The Barney Fife car from Andy Griffith show is there. They just they have a ton of cool stuff. The Barney Fife car. Yeah, the police car. Yeah, so, That's so cool. it's not looking too good, but um, yeah, but, but yeah, still, so, I did see um, that shot actually. That yeah. did look pretty cool. But uh, but yeah, so I was just I was taking pictures of everything. Uh, a lot of Django and Change stuff. Do you remember the big tooth that was on top of the? Uh, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, they have that there. So just kind of a, not not quite random stuff, but films that they shot there. So yeah, it was a good visit. It's so cool that they have that stuff too. That you can see you're you're looking at literal movie history artifacts yeah. there props which is so exciting to see Absolutely. there was a movie there a prop that was staring tom cruise was it what what was that oh from valkyrie or what Val- valkyrie is that what it was i think it was from the, yeah but the I sign so. said staring tom cruise oh, did it's, it? <laughs> it's not starring so i was like the best spelling over there at melody ranch i'll have to go back and look at that so it was great um yeah, I felt kind of not quite rushed because I had a, it was up in Santa Clarita, and then they switched my flight from 3 o'clock to noon, so I had to make sure I had enough time to get back down to the airport and return the car and all that, but it was good. You, yeah, you were mentioning that, that they switched the old flight out, but I'm glad that you came out here. I hope that to see you more on your next trip. Are you going to be out here again this year? Yeah, end of June, and I've already been talking to them, so I'm going to finally get my pilgrimage to the barn from Friday the 13th, Part 3. Yes. Legally. I'm not going to be hopping any fences. or. <laughs> no, they're going to they're gonna grace you with like a permit to get there. What do you have so, to do to get in there? Do you have, just have to ask permission, or do you have to like uh, uh, finagle? They, they've, been wor- they've been working out on kind of tours um, and either individuals or groups, and um, the the guy I met, he, he and his wife do it, but he's a big movie fanatic, and it's just kind of like minded people. He 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 does set jetting as well, and so he kind of gets it. He saw I was wearing my uh, Michael Myers shirt, and he's like, "You probably want to go see the barn." And I was like, "Yep, that's that's my on my next trip for sure." He gets so. it. Yeah, I do like when you wear the Michael Myers shirt on location, and it's in there. <laughs> it's like seeing your favorite 
celebrity wearing like the costume that they yes. wore in the movie in real life. Like an I angel gets to, its wings when you do that. Yeah, I, I, I do try to wear appropriate shirts if possible. And I've had trips where I've changed shirts in the car depending on depending on the location. If I'm in front of this, yeah, if I'm in the Slumber Party Massacre house, I better wear a Slumber Party Massacre shirt. So. You, know, you wore an alien shirt when I met you in Burbank, which was like the coolest shirt. And somebody, I think two people were like, oh, that's such a great shirt. That's such a cool shirt. Yeah. <laughs> which is a, such a cool shirt. I was going to say to the girl, but I figured... In L.A., you never know if they're like a movie snob or like an actress. I was going to be like, well, Robert here is the editor on Alien. They'd be like, oh, isn't that like Jamie Sandusky? And I'd be like, yeah, uh, like he's dead. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. You never know. Where <laughs> if you go to other states, you can just be like, yeah, so-and-so. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I do. I have a great Ripley shirt, too. I could have worn that, and I could have you know, thrown a fit at the end of our lunch. You know, like all this bullshit you think is so important you can kiss all that goodbye kiss all that goodbye nobody calls me matthew nobody except my brother what newt there was a girl i dated like in high school that kind of looked like newt if she grew up like was older and i remember i was like you look like somebody and she goes who i was like have you ever seen aliens and she goes don't say newt because apparently she's heard that because she was in our age group where like people our age watch that She's like, don't say Newt. I was like, no, no. Um, you have to come up with somebody like new. Like Pharaoh, the pilot. <laughs> which she's like, I do. I'm like, a little bit, yeah. a little bit. But yeah, people you can um, never bring that up again. <laughs> never bring that up again. But uh, yeah, it was great to have you out here. I'm really excited that you got a chance to to come back for first time in yeah 15 months. I'll keep it happening more often for sure. Absolutely. Uh, we have a great show tonight. You're listening to uh, Such Editor Saturdays here on the podcastle with uh, our host, Robert Patterson, the uh, author and blogger of the site, set-jetter.com. And You're the tonight, host. I'm the guest. Uh, we're <laughs> the guest, uh, the co-host, whatever he oh. wants to be. Uh, we have a, a sad show tonight. It's the end of the 80s, Robert. It's a fun show. It's a bittersweet show, I should yes. say. But we've been doing this for the past eight episodes uh, do they still hold up? And the highest grossing films of that year, according to Box Office Mojo, and we've reached the end of the 80s, and this is 1989, and this, what do you, what's your predictions on this list? Um, yeah, I did a quick relook at it, and I was like, oh, there's some, there's some big fails on here. There's some, I'm like, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they still hold some nostalgia, um, yeah. but people aren't talking about them uh, still, you know, like, you're like, oh, remember that? No. No, there's a there's a few, but there's a few like people like we might say a movie and people have no idea what we're talking about. It'll be interesting to go through these, and I, I'll wait till we get to that spot in the list. But number seven, I think, is one of the most yeah. overrated movies in history. <laughs> At least, that was, what's that? I knew it was overrated when I saw it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just this is a little cliffhanger, but when we get to number seven on. Do they still hold up? I feel like this is such an overquoted movie where you're like, it's not that good. Yeah, um, I think people like this movie more to say they like it than they actually like it. But we'll get to that. So, highest-grossing films of 1989—do they still hold up? Robert, we'll start with you. Uh, Batman is the highest-grossing film of the year. Does it still hold up? And and you, you were probably too young to remember the mania that came around this movie uh, was just crazy. Like I the- remember it vaguely. I was eight. Or yeah, eight or nine, and it was everywhere. Like Burger King, there was just Batman stuff. The build-up and the merchandise and the Prince, the Bat Dance song, and I remember I had a friend that and, Prince, where <laughs> uh, Vicky Vale would be screaming in the song, and then oh. I, I, I had this girl that I knew, and we'd be at parties, and she would, I would have her do the Vicky Vale scream. I don't know why she she was into it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, th- I can have ups and downs with this movie. It's like I thought it was okay at the time. And then uh, times I thought it was really awful, and times I have hold some nostalgia for it. Um, so I, I kind of have up and down for this. It, it's still a watchable film, and I think Michael Keaton is probably the one that kind of brings that. There's there's other parts that just do bring it down that I kind of gloss over. I agree. Yeah, it still holds up for me, more so on a nostalgic note, but I do feel like there are some parts in there that really shine that make it like a fun movie to to watch. So for me, it still holds up. Uh, number two of 1989 is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. 
uh, arguably the best one. Some say Raider, some say this one. But um, for me, this is a classic film that's perfectly done and it still holds up for me. Um, I'd put it as my number two Indiana Jones. Uh, behind, me too. Behind the Crystal Skull. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it ha- it ha- it does Shia. have my favorite opening scene the, with River Phoenix uh, as young Indy. I thought was oh, it was beautiful. just the perfect opening. Um, Belongs and, and, in a museum. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it, it still holds up, and um, they uh, they kind of did a little course correction after the Temple of Doom. Yeah, they did. They they little course correction. Well said. Uh, it's a it's a it's a great movie. It's always every scene is fun for the most part. And one of my favorite lines is, I believe that goose-stepping morons should be too busy reading books instead of burning them. Oh, you got that one down. Next up is Lethal Weapon 2. I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. They all kind of blur together for me, the Lethal Weapons. Um, I, I, do, I saw it in the theater because um, I, I think I, I remember Sorry. they had a... Uh, uh, Richard Donner had that director, and so they, it was kind of a screeching beginning, if you remember, but the title kind of screeching into uh, uh, into the mainframe, and so I remember I, that. I don't remember, because I've never, that's, that's they the all blend only, together. I've seen them that, all, but they blend. <laughs> that's the only thing I remember, but it already kind of got, you know, right now, this is the, kind of the height of kind of the soft focus 80s uh, overdone soundtrack movies. This was it. And these movies had a lot of those, like, rogue bad guys like always after something you know and you're just like i guess this wacky cop's gonna save the day again yeah and i think this is where the retirement line started and like i'm too old for that i'm supposed to retire tomorrow you know like yeah yeah i never thought i never liked them for me they don't hold up and i always felt like lethal weapon they were almost trying to be a parody of itself but not quite enough to make it like funny so it was always this weird like I didn't know if it was supposed to be a comedy or if it was serious. They tried to like blend them and it just didn't work just for me. One, one step away from Frank Drebin. <laughs> Number four on the list is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I am very equipped to answer this because I just watched this in its entirety and? Uh, recently. And yes, it does still hold up uh, for what it is. It's a, it's a fun kids movie and it still holds up. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, but um, I do remember the effects were fun, and I think the concept is always good, uh, whether it be Incredible Shrinking Woman or kind of Darby O'Gill uh, <laughs> of small people, large people, you know, ever. But uh, that usually kind of works in at least a novelty sort of way. Yeah, the special effects still hold up here. Um, they use a lot of practical effects with the like animatronics, and and they work. It looks like they were sleeping in the Lego. It's a fun set. My only regret is Matt, is it Matt Frewer plays, yeah, plays Russell, the neighbor. I think they should have recast him as Matt Frewer's trash can man later down the line in this role. So after he gets zapped, you know, by Rick Moranis, he goes, my life for you. And it scares the kids. And he you, throws could, up. You, you could do a mishmash of movie, you know, like people did those trailers. Yeah, we'll do the mashup. Yeah. Um, number five on the list is Look Who's Talking. Ooh, that's a tough sell. That's a tough sell then. <laughs> this is I'm the surprised movie with did... the babies. Yeah, where babies were talking and ugh. No baby but geniuses, I'll tell it you is that much. No baby geniuses at all. But um but yeah, I uh I I don't know if I ever saw this or if I did it was perusing through channels and you're like, uh no. But look how well it did. I mean It did very well. I've never seen it either. I've seen pieces of it. I know it has like Travolta in it, and it's just not a good movie. Christie Alley, I think. And Christie Alley? Is this the, yeah, maybe, maybe this was our first Scientologist movie. I don't know. Ooh, I think you're right. Our first dip into weirdness. Number <laughs> no, six on. I no wonder nine. it's number five. <laughs> <laughs> number six on Do They Still Hold Up is uh, Dana, that is the baby. Oh. It's very late. Yeah, she's sleeping. Oh, but I would. Woo! Uh, Ghostbusters 2, uh, for all its flaws, it still holds up for me. I love this movie. I do not. I'm, you do I'm not. A Scorn- I'm a Scorny Weaver fan, and I just remember like the opening scene with the baby going down the street was just I was like, what is this? And that was it the pink river of slime under New York? Yeah, yeah, the river of slime. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll pass on Am that. I supposed to get on TV and tell 
three million people, they're supposed to be nice to each other? Treating being miserable and treating other people like dirt is every New Yorker's God-given right. Your two minutes are up. Good night, gentlemen. I'm a voter. Shouldn't you just be lying to me and kissing my ass? Uh, I obviously am biased to it, but I've seen Ghostbusters 2 more, and the first one's a better film all the way, but 2, I don't know. It just does something for me. It's all juicy. Number 7 is Dead Poet Society. I like this movie because I'm cultural and educated and dark. It is. I was not a fan of this movie. And it was one of those where, you know, sometimes when there's popular movies around you and everybody's loving it and you actually go see it and you're like, this? This is what people are. It just, it was a little too schmaltzy and on the nose for me. And yeah. Too schmaltzy and on the nose. And also, it's not a great film i mean like robin williams does an okay performance but uh my biggest problem with this is when he, i mentioned this in the last show when he passed away people were quoting this movie it's like don't pretend you like this more than mrs doubtfire because that's a better movie like that's please like dead poet society all of robin williams canon that's your favorite like that's your go-to i have a feeling people haven't actually su- People that are quoting it may may not have seen the movie. They've just seen the scenes, and that's what they I think you're right. I don't know. They've seen the YouTube clips of My Captain, My Captain, and they're like, yes. oh, it's so inspirational. So like meaning. that teacher I had that touched me. This made me want to be a teacher. <laughs> um, number eight is Parenthood. This is uh, Steve Martin, Parenthood. This is a favorite of mine, uh, and I still I haven't watched it in a while, but I still... I'll hold it dearly to my heart. Diane Weist, Keanu Reeves was in this. Yeah. Um, but and it actually much later spun off. A, well, actually, I think it spun off a TV show not too soon after. And then more recently, it spun off another TV show like about five, six years ago as well. It did. You're absolutely right. Uh, for me, too, it still holds up. It's in the same vein as Planes, Trains, Automobiles, Father of the Bride, that kind of like suburbia, nice neighborhood steve martin wacky kind of dads doing his thing like it's just it's a fun it's a fun movie the grandma the grandma talking about life as a roller coaster those if, if you remember those pieces then i think that's where it holds up for me absolutely and it's going to hit the hit the heartstrings um number nine back to the future two i'm surprised this film was not did not make more than Ghostbusters 2 or Dead Poet Society for sure, but like Lethal Weapon, I, I don't know. I, maybe it didn't do as well as I thought it did. And maybe it didn't do well because it did come out at the end of the year, I think. So that could be it. Maybe it did get more money into 1990. I'm not sure. But obviously, it did not make as much money as Back to the Future 1. Um, some people don't like this. They think, you know, it's too cold or they kind of cashed in a little bit but i actually i actually do like this and i think i still had fun with kind of the the future aspects and uh elizabeth shoe <laughs> as the replacement uh which was just kind of odd i remember i didn't i didn't know about that i don't think anybody knew about that and during the movie i'm like we were like whispering it's like is that elizabeth shoe now as his girlfriend for you know but yeah yeah they switched jennifer's on you. yeah the film is, uh, it still holds up for me. It's actually my favorite Back to the Future. Uh, and it's one of the best, uh, in my opinion, best films of the 80s. But you're right. It did come out at the end of 1989 and did gross more than, it, it grossed almost $400 million, So it, it, yeah, that's the reason it's so it low. But um, gotcha. yeah, it, it holds up. It's, it's a great movie. If you have not seen it, watch Back to the Future Part 2. And number 10 is maybe one of the most, Overquoted movies of all time when Harry met Sally. I'll have what she's having. Oh, and, and you know now that you say that, I'm like, oh, I I actually do quote this movie. Believe it or not, this is not my type of movie. There's two quotes. There's one I use almost weekly. Uh oh, what's that? Um, if a cat is staring at me in the corner, um, <laughs> this is a Carrie Fisher line. I say, somebody is staring at you in personal growth. <laughs> like <laughs> they're in a bookstore. No, that's a funny and that's, line. The movie, yeah, the I don't. It's a funny movie to quote. I'm not knocking it. I just know yeah. in like every TV show, they're always like, "I'll have what she's having." Yeah, not that. And and the, my other favorite moment is also Carrie Fisher when they're having and she's pulling up men from her Rolodex, and uh, they're like, "He got married last year," and she's like, "Married," and she just flips the corner down and puts it back in the Rolodex. 
one of my favorite moments. Yeah, it is great. Um, does it still hold up but, to you? Oh, I, it's not a, I'm, it's not in my Blu-ray collection, so I'll say no. Yeah, I, I never really cared for it. Um, it's okay, but does it hold up? No. I'm, I'm a pretty pretty big 1989 movie guy. This is not in my collection either. Um, but yeah, those are the top 10 highest grossing films of 1989. Other mentions on the list are films that were not in the top 10, but they're still worth our opinion out there for all you listeners. Um, Uncle Buck is number one on this list. We have some pictures from Robert. You you were on the Uncle Butt? Uncle Uncle Butt. Uncle Buck locations? <laughs> Uncle Butt's a perfect Yeah, when I was out in Chicago right uh, several years ago, um, and a lot of John Hughes are kind of all, not quite in the same area, but uh, my friend kind of took me through kind of the different ones. But um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of this movie, but I also know you're a fan of John Candy, so. I am. This is one of, this is, I don't like this movie as much Obviously, it's planes, trains, but as much as um, the Great Outdoors or uh, some of his like, I even like Summer Rental, maybe like up there with this. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's it's a fun movie. I, the, you know what? You know what the problem with this movie is, and this is why it might not hold up is you don't care for any of the characters except for John Candy. They're they're kind of mean. The, the even Macaulay Culkin's in it, but he's a small yeah. part. I mean, yeah, I remember the daughter. I mean, there's a lot of unlikable characters that. <laughs> It, it's hard to endear yourself to a movie. You're right if you don't like a lot of them. Yeah, the daughter's just a bitch, like overly over the top, to where you're like, why are you being so mean to that guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a fine line between oh, I get it, I don't need a babysitter, I'm a kid, I'm a grown up, but to where she's like trying to destroy his life by like lying to his girlfriend. It's like somebody yeah. needs to smack you in the mouth. Yeah. This is uh... get... Go ahead. I said now we're getting into legal territory. <laughs> Now we're um, but yeah, so I remember this is yeah. So the main house, um, obviously, it looks pretty much the same. And then uh, across the street is the they call it the wrong house because in the movie, I think he goes to the wrong house first. That looks kind of the same as well. So yeah, good memory. That's exactly what happens. This is in Evanston, Illinois. Is this in the um, same neighborhood as Kevin McAllister? I think so. It's kind of yeah that should be Shermer, Illinois kind of area. So, but yeah, these are plain cool white shops. houses. Yeah. <laughs> plain white houses. Uh, next on the list is going to be field of dreams. This is a misquoted movie. Uh, this and jaws are the top two. I think this one, people okay. say, if you build it, they will come. And never said actual line. It's never if said? you build it, he will come. Oh, okay. it's like people misquote, you know, Luke, I am your father. Never said. It was not yeah, yeah. not in Star Wars. But um, Field so. of Dreams for me still holds up. It's still a fun movie with um, dreamy Kevin Costner and uh, sage uh, James Earl Jones in there. Um, yeah, didn't doesn't didn't really I didn't really like it at the time and, and I know this is obviously in a drive it's not too far from me, I, but I've never been to this location, but I do know this is a big pilgrimage. Uh, for fans to go to the Field of Dreams house and, and Baseball Diamond. People do like that. Uh, my f- friend Marty York, the guy from the Sandlot, they were supposed to do uh, COVID canceled it, but last summer they were going to have the Sandlot come into Field of Dreams and come out of the cornfield. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's kind of cool. He's like, no, it's not. That's the dumbest thing ever. I was like, it is dumb. That's very dumb that, that they would ask you to come out of the corn stalks like and I was like, how many people would go there? It's not a big town. Like, are you hoping there'd be like a big attendance record that day? There could. Uh, it, it, that's kind of like a real world versus road rules. And I was like, oh, you're mixing up two universes. You can't do it. Yeah. Uh, Pet Cemetery is next. Uh, Stephen King's horror masterpiece with Creed, the <laughs> scary child, and Zelda, the disgusting sister. It's funny that Zelda, she, she didn't really resonate with me, but people still talk about Zelda um, th- that still gives them nightmares. Um, I can't watch it because of that. Is it because? Yeah. So saw it once, um, won't ever watch it again because of that. Yeah. So this actually still holds up for me, and especially after kind of watching the, the remake um, and, and compared to the kind of sequel as well. But, um, but yeah, so this still, still works for, for me. Yeah, it still holds up. It's still a scary, scary, frightening tale. Uh, the Abyss. Ed Harris is one of his finest roles. This is in the same vein as um, 
Leviathan and like they did, remember when they did all those deep sea movies well, in like the late eighties. I would say this is well beyond Leviathan and Deep Star Six, but yeah, Deep so Star Abyss, Six. Yeah, Deep. Uh, yeah, The Abyss is one of my favorite movies, and it was one of my favorite laser discs uh, because Ooh. it had the extended version and the original ending, and uh, they, they kind of had uh, huge tidal waves approaching LA, and then the aliens would freeze it so the waves would be kind of frozen uh, and not crash down until they kind of made a decision. So only, I think it might still be only on Laserdisc where you can see that. I don't know. I think it's, it's a, it's a, I think the special effects hold up really well too. And it has a fun sense of adventure as well, which I like. Um, Like it's a fun ride to, to watch this movie. Yeah. Um, Next, it still holds up for me as well. Next is Christmas Vacation. Clark Griswold and the family. You know, I'm surprised, or maybe not surprised, it's not in the top ten, because I think out of all the movies we talked to so far, this is the one that has the longest lasting uh, legacy. That It, it really it, does. Yeah, Everybody um, loves this movie. And once again, I was lucky to see this in the theater, so... <laughs> What is this shirt that you're wearing in this shot, Robert? Well, you know what shirt that... That's my Madonna first day of travel shirt. <laughs> there it is. There it Here's is. Here's the house. And actually, this is the first time my sister got me a replacement shirt. The same shirt, but now th- my, this, this shirt is actually black <laughs> and it's not ripped in the armpit. So, so the other one got was, so worn out? Yeah, and it was a risk because I was like, I've not flown not wearing out of town wearing that shirt in uh, over probably 15 years. Yeah, that's a, that's a bold move to pull off if you're yeah. going to switch. So but it I does did the it. job. I the plane landed okay, so I was good. So I like the, the plane landed okay. Yeah, <laughs> these are great shots. I've I've looked at this this uh, this entry before on your website, and it's cool. This is on the uh, it's a good Warner Brothers Ranch. Warner Brothers Ranch, while it still exists, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Yeah, what's happening there? Uh, well, they sold it, and so I think they, there's be a couple years to kind of vacate. I know Warner's already tried to. I think they moved the, the Friends Fountain, and it's kind of questionable what they're going to be doing with all of everything else. So, we'll it's all in the air. Yeah, I think you should place a bid on it and purchase it yourself. <laughs> Why not? Call it the Set Jetta Ranch. Yeah. Uh, next is Working Girl. This is a great movie. This still holds up for me. It's a fun ride, Robert. I will stop what I'm doing and watch this if it's on, no matter no matter what. It's great. So quotable, and, fun, timeless. And Scorney Weaver can't go wrong. She's the best. Is Scorney Weaver the best actress of the '80s? Oh, who's she better? Might, uh, let me. Th- I don't know. Let me think. Forget so better. That's opinion, but like better, yeah. iconic. I mean Sigourney Weaver, the the role she's done, she's female heroine. Mm-hmm. She was doing a, she was you know kicking ass back when Schwarzenegger was like <laughs> in doing Commando. She was like the lead, you know. She, she she's was. Uh, she's an icon. Gorillas in the Mist, Working Girl, Aliens, Ghostbusters Two. <laughs> <laughs> I had it hard for me to get that one out, but Ghostbusters. I'm doing, I'm doing my best. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Uh, still holds up for us. Star Trek Five. I've never seen this one, Robert. Oof. It was a Tough. deep deep fall from Star Trek Four. So Star Trek Four, it was the, the they go back in time to nineteen eighty six and Right. Uh, we covered was, that. Yeah, it was it was a good everybody could enjoy it movie and Star Trek Five just kind of struck out. It was they had a lot of issues. It was like uh lower budget and uh William Shatner's first time directing, and there's it was one of those things. If it could go wrong, kind of did go wrong in this movie, so it was kind of uh-huh. multiple things that kind of brought it down. But what is Star Trek Five? What's the subtitle called? The Final Frontier. It's just after watching it, do you wish it were the final movie? No, I think that's the thing. People, the, Paramount didn't really didn't want to end it on the. You know, they're like, well, that's not the one we want to end on, and so they technically the the original cast ended on the next one, the undist undiscovered country was that a good movie it was actually that one was i like that one a lot it still holds up i like when franchises redeem themselves for a week entry yep. uh, number eight on honorable mentions is naked gun <laughs> uh still so good for a laugh i think it is when uh early on in covid last year when i needed you know i was trying to make tough decisions and i just needed to 
not think uh, I would put on the Naked Gun series and and uh, and I actually went back a little bit to the TV show it was based on the uh, Police Squad. Ooh, so, that's a deep cut right there. Yeah, people might not know this. Yeah, this was a TV series, um, and the actual name of the movie I think is Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. But uh, ooh, yeah, I was not aware of that. It is, yeah. So I like when you give insights, and you're a very knowledgeable man. You're very professor like. If if you catch me on the right day, yeah. Otherwise, I have all no the time. Memory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, when I met Robert in California, just a quick story. We went to this place called Barney's, and I hate eating outside when it's hot. But I didn't want to be rude, so when they were like, "Do you want to eat inside or outside?" I was like, oh, we do. do you want to do inside?" You're like, "Inside." I was like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> I can sit outside, have a couple of drinks, friends, whatever. But like yeah. eating in the sun, like with traffic, I just like I just don't like it. I don't yeah, know why. It's right on. Is well, that Burbank Boulevard? I can't remember, but yeah, it's right on First Street, which is a little too much traffic going by for me to inhale yeah. all that. Yeah, it's just too much. So I was like, oh, thank God. But if you said yes, I would understand. It's like yeah. you're in California, you want to go outside. But I was like, oh, thank you. No, like oh no. Uh, next, I haven't seen this one. This is not, this is Dangerous Liaisons with uh, Glenn Close and John Malkovich. Dangerous Liaisons. Da- Dangerous Liaisons. This is another Glenn Close sexual movie from the 80s. She's yeah. done like three. And this one, uh, nobody wanted to go see this with me. I had to go see this in the theater by myself. So, well, no. I know. Can you imagine as a 19-year-old, that was quite the social risk. Uh, <laughs> I think you're a pioneer, actually, uh, to do that. But I wanted to see it, so yeah. So um, to me, like Look at this, this cast, is, yeah. I mean, Glenn Close, Michelle Pfeiffer, um, John, uh, not John, John Malkovich, Malkovich, yeah. Keanu Reeves. Um, this was his kind of first semi-serious role. People, I remember people were kind of giggling when he showed up on screen because he was from Bill and Ted. Like we're supposed to take him seriously, but. Um, but yeah, so it's one of my favorite. I think it's it's been remade a couple times, and then Cruel Intentions um, is based on the same Dangerous Liaisons book um, as well. So oh, okay, it's a popular uh, source. You recommend Dangerous Dangerous Liaisons? I do. So I, I'll rewatch it myself. I think it's streaming right now on Amazon Prime or something. I think it is. I think yeah. I did see that. I saw something with Glenn Close half nude. And I assumed it was this. <laughs> not that yeah. kind of, but they, they had a no, sell. No, it's not that kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, this doesn't hold up for me at all. No, I remember it was a little, like, I was, I was just say two on the nose, but you know what I mean? Like, it was like, you see the trailer, that's exactly what you're going to get out of the movie. And those, those are the, you know, if you're ready for those laughs, <laughs> so be it. But I mean, he's dead. Like, I get it. You're trying to cover it up and make him funny. And they did a sequel and I'm like, I don't know. I never. I always felt like the unpopular kid with this movie. I felt, always felt like growing up, I was the only person in my <laughs> circle of friends that didn't like this. And I was always like, "Oh yeah, it's great." And people would make references like, "Oh yeah, it's like Weekend at Bernie's." I'm like, uh, "Yeah." Bad news, cruise. Bad news. <laughs> Number eleven is Nightmare on Elm Street Five: The Dream Child. So I actually like this one better than Elm Street 4 because oh, I kind yeah. of felt like they kind of got back to a semi-darker um, uh, aspect and they had some kind of good things. Um, and isn't isn't Jacob's little kid, he's the kid in Jurassic Park at the uh, beginning. I think it's Joseph Azzolo? No, no, the kid in the beginning. He's like, it looks like a bird to me. I can't remember the line. Oh, but, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. It looks like a giant turkey. Yeah. Show a little respect. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie so, is scary. So, yeah, so I, I liked it. Um, of course, we got more Amanda Kruger. We've got some UCLA there with lots of matte paintings. Uh, explain uh, this shot to me, to the listeners <laughs> and the viewers. The, uh, okay, so I get it. I get it. What is this? Just the dream world kind of. This is supposed to be the asylum where Fred or where Freddie was oh. born or uh, from the nun conceived. Yeah. So um, apparently in Springwood, who knows where what happened to this? But yeah, a little over the top. Probably should be kind of a. Dream, it looks like Lord Voldemort's castle, yeah. or <laughs> it uh, does take place in a dream-ish moment, but. Okay, they, Vlad the Impaler's not there. Yeah, they could add some reality to it, but but yeah. Great shots, though. And you attended a school at UCLA for a little bit? 
Uh, I went to a workshop uh, for like a week long workshop at UCLA. Um, and when in between my senior year of high school and college and so i kind of thought oh this is what college campus is like and that was probably one of my first set jetting experiences by by accident is kind of walking up those steps uh to royce hall from uh, elm street three that's pretty cool was it like a course for writing or uh it was kind of like media something and so we talked to it was great because we got to talk to filmmakers and see um um is it penelope spheris uh, showed us um, mm. One of her first movies. Uh, we went to Wayne's Warner World. Brothers to, to see a advanced screening of Imagine, the John Lennon documentary. And oh. I remember in Warner Brothers, they also took us to the sound booth and they played uh, different tracks of what they recorded there, like Beetlejuice. And I've never heard more amazing sound than, of course, at the Warner Brothers sound uh, place. But I remember I got to, that was the first time on the Warner yeah. Brothers lot. Couldn't take any pictures. We went to see Hollywood Squares. Uh, Harold Ramis came and spoke, speaking of Ghostbusters, and oh, so that was no way. my first celebrity meets. Um, but, That's uh, so exciting. Yeah, we went to LA Times, and so we, we packed quite a bit in, and it was, yeah, it, it was a good time. I have, I have good memories of all that. So this was like a good course to take. Yeah. It wasn't one of those ones where you show up and they're like, hey, we're going to teach you how to set up lights today. And you're like, are we just working for non-union wages yeah. so you could save money on this? Yeah. And they, I remember they showed us um, early pilots for Coach, I remember, and um, and asked for oh. feedback. And I remember, uh, I think, I remember, I think the daughter was replaced by the time it came, the version we saw. Because we, for some reason, we told her, I remember we said we didn't really like that person. And the director, I remember, <laughs> had something, he said... He said something interesting. He's like, it's funny, those reaction shots that you saw in that one thing, that was B-roll. The, they were doing other stuff, but that's all he had. He was taking her reaction shots when they were setting up cameras for something else. The camera just happened to be on her because um, that's the best he could get out of her for, for one of the scenes. Oh, my gosh. But, but it, was a, it was a good glimpse into the process of, uh, of the business. Yeah, that is, that's a good experience to have. This shot right here in Dream Child, what is this with this flaming truck? So this is where she's supposed to run out of the Crave Inn, which if you remember the last movie, the Crave Inn was in Culver City. Yeah. Um, and now this is, uh, well, actually it is, but it's a different spot. So if you look, the building you see in the background is the hotel um, that's in yeah, front yeah. of Culver City Studios. And uh, so that was in like uh, Under the Rainbow and... Arrested Development and Last Action Hero and stuff like that. So completely different street oh. than the first one, but uh, this is kind of they shot down the street. That was a little bit difficult magic. to figure it out at the time. This was you an did easy a good job. Yeah, this became an easy one to find because the Edmund A. Gray Company is an actual company <laughs> <laughs> that's still operational. Yeah, and I almost had a good experience there because um, you can see behind it. There's a whole big warehouse, and I I went and I said, oh. I said something like, did they, I, can't, I remember talking to somebody, and if you remember the skater dude, remember that he's skating through all those, um, through the warehouse and stuff, that's the warehouse they shot at, and I almost got them to let oh, me take pictures no inside, but they finally said, no, we're not able to do that, but, so. Well, you got close, though, that's cool that they yeah. filmed it there, too. Yeah, so. Yeah, the skater dude. Yeah. Uh, this shot right here is at, um. Veterans Hospital. I'm not sure where that is. I guess near uh, UCLA. Yeah, that's near UCLA. I don't know how I figured this one out because there wasn't too many clues. <laughs> you did a good um, job figuring it out. The matches to, up perfectly. Yeah, to know where it is. But for some reason, I thought, I think I know that's part of it. And it's a, the Veterans Hospital is a kind of a big campus. And uh, kind of by luck, I think I found the, the right spot. And it still looked the same. You did. And it holds up uh, shot for shot. And this is you with uh, <laughs> Young. Young me with Lisa Wilcox. I need to update this because I think I've met most of the cast, but uh, looking young and tan and thin. I like it. You still look the same. Robert doesn't oh, age. You're too kind. Nightmare on Elm Street, the dream child still holds up for the most, both of us. Next, maybe not so much. Fly 2. <laughs> the Fly 2. Is it the Fly 2? It's just the Fly. I think it's just Fly 2. Maybe it is the Fly 2. I'm Whatever sure. it is, it's disgusting. It's a disgusting it's movie. I remember I was excited to see this, and, uh, oh, yeah. and it had some good concepts. And uh, but I was just as one of those another sinking in the seat as the movie goes on. I'm like, this isn't the same. No, they didn't even use um, the right computer uh, 
code in that one scene. No, Every, everything was yeah, not right, but oh well. Next on the list is Shocker. What is Shocker? Shocker is a Wes Craven film. And, oh, yeah, the electrocution chair. Yeah, yeah. so it's kind of a middle of the... You know, it is, yeah. it's obviously not at the heights of Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream, but it's not at the lows of Cursed and... <laughs> And some of the others. So he was really trying his best to do, and and, and Craven was pretty um, open about this. He, he was trying to create a new Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I think if you kind of try too hard to do that, it just you, you can't force it on it. It has some neat kind of um, aspects of him traveling through electricity and into televisions, and so which obviously is kind of Freddy esque. Yeah. I uh, I don't hate this movie either. Um, I I, I kind of like the sequences. I like where he, the electric, you know, the electric chair like fails, and he doesn't really die because it kind of takes you for like this crazy roller coaster, like pretty early on in the movie. And um, yeah, this I, I mean for me this still holds up. If you like this kind of movie, it's it's it, it's got some good scenes in it that will like yeah. get you going. Yeah, and it has good visuals. Um, I think it probably kind of fizzles out, you know, near the end, but. Uh... But yeah, it's still watchable. You were at your own location here in Walnut, California. Where the hell yeah. is Walnut? Is that San Francisco? That's... No, it's it's more by, if I remember right, it's more kind of by Covina or kind of some of those areas. I can't remember. I couldn't get into the football stadium, so that was kind of a drive-by. This is down in Torrance, California. I like it. Home of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. It's not too far from there, if I remember. That This was a hard spot to find because none of these stores exist but no but you uh, did a good job matching that up and a lot of these yeah. streets look the same so extra yeah. kudos to you for actually finding the right one yeah um south pasadena of course <laughs> of course <laughs> all roads kind of lead and this isn't too far from some other i think this is near the hedges and some other spots like but from yeah. halloween yeah if i if yeah I, re- I thought i recognized something in here um similar yeah. yeah, that's cool. I wonder if uh, these people still, if a lot of these locations still like look the same today. Um, I think they probably do. The I didn't. These aren't too old of pictures, from what I remember, but they probably keep it maintained, like yeah. similar. Yeah. Um, this is bars down in Santa Monica. Um, it's probably closed by now. I mean, for any bars or restaurants that did, kind of didn't make it but yeah uh, it looked like the same chairs i think if i remember oh um, yeah when i was looking at it, i was like i always kind of look for that stuff i'm like is this the same furniture it could be Probably there the was a place. place in burbank i was driving back from seeing you and it's called um like frank's cafe or something like that i gotta like research this but or frank's diner are you familiar with this because i swear a little familiar but I'll research it for the next okay. show, but I, I swear it was like one of those places, like the coffee shop diner that's only used for filming, because it looked so iconic for like the fifties. Yeah, and it was completely empty, but like maintained. So I was like, ah, oh, I wonder. Could be because like things were open when I saw you, so I was like, yeah. I wonder what's going on there. It looked really cool. Yeah, in LA, yeah. sometimes it's uh, more lucrative to <laughs> not be open as a restaurant, but only be open for filming. So. Yeah. Some places it's more lucrative to own a piece of property and just rent the billboard out for like a hundred thousand a month, and that's nice. it. And have like nothing there. Nothing. Way to do it. Downtown Shocker, LA, looking lovely. Yep. Looking lovely. Shocker yep. still holds up for you, Robert. Um, in a way, I guess I'll say I own it on Blu-ray. How about that? I can, I can, I can, <laughs> I can get on board with that. Um, next on the list is ooh. <laughs> You've been waiting for this one. I've been waiting for this like a kid waiting for Christmas. Uh, Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan because living in the city ain't no big deal. You have to have a heart made of U.S. steel. If the crack don't get you, then the hookers will. You're dead meat, slime bag. I don't know Yo, what man, to say. It's cool. It's cool, man. It's cool. <laughs> this is, of course, Jason Takes... Uh, is it Toronto or Vancouver? Yeah. Uh, Vancouver, Vancouver, British Columbia. Friday, so Friday the Thirteenth is the second weakest link, personally in my opinion, of the franchise, next to Jason Goes to Hell. Although to me the movie still holds up. 
but why, Matt? You're always bashing it because <laughs> it is classic Jason and cheesy lines. So it for me, it, it still holds up in the sense that you're going to get um, hockey mask Jason killing people. But uh, what do you think? What do you think, Mr. Robert? Um, it has a little bit of watchability, um, but at this point, I've I've checked out of the series. I'm like, I knew well <laughs> enough. I was like, this, what what are we doing here? You know, like I because like for me, like I was what, what 19 at the time, and and if I go back five years to the final chapter, and I was like, what, how great that was, and and it's like how far it's fallen, you know, <laughs> like we came to this, you know. It's so bad. There's maybe ten minutes of actual New York in it. the The whole movie, if you're not familiar, listeners, they're on a boat, which to me is so weird because they take these group of high school kids as like a reward on a boat, which I guess sails from Crystal Lake to New York Harbor. <laughs> um, you know that old fabled cruise line of Crystal Lake, Jersey, up to New York, and the boat is this like it's not like a cruise ship where you have like you know white siding and, and and guys with white hats going like the bars this way it's basically empty and it's an old rustic like um you know uh ship that you would sh- you know move like containers in like a uh, cargo ship is what i'm trying to say so it's just such a weird place to put these kids obviously it was done because that's all they could afford for the production but it's just so weird it has a discotheque it has a sauna you know <laughs> But nobody was in it. Like, if, I feel like everybody should be dancing in this place, you know? Well, but, I can't afford all that, yeah. He just died, too, that guy, the principal in this recently, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he had been in quite a few things. Uh, um, the villain. There's a great scene, though, in the movie, a boxing scene on a roof, where this one of the characters is, like, boxing Jason, and he's not doing too bad, but, you know, you know how that ends. Yeah, no, and that's like that's a memorable scene, and that was one of the scenes where people perked up, you know, like ah, oh, you know, and this is maybe they should have just gone for it all the way, you know, have a whole movie filled with that uh, could have worked, but this is a I, I agree with you. This is uh, Robert was on um, in British Columbia, and you got some good shots here. I yeah. love this guy's face. <laughs> Robert, what is what was that? <laughs> I, I look back now, I'm like, oh, that's probably like the old guy, and I'm like, I'm probably like 10 years on him now. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, I know. He looks, he looks yeah. pretty. What is the... Uh, you saw this theatrically? Yes. So you're lucky. I didn't get to see it. I I was at the mall with my grandparents, and I was, you know, eight, nine, and I was like, oh, I want to see uh, that. And my grandma was like, you can't see that, Matthew. It's trash. And I was like, knew. someday... <laughs> someday, and I did. I, I watched it like five years later. I like rented it. Yeah, like she was right. She was right. She was right. I, I don't think she was even saying it's trash because it was about murder. She was saying because it's, she's seen it and she's like, yeah. it's trash. <laughs> we'll rent you part seven, a new blood. Uh, yeah. She's, oh, the Lazarus. That was the ship. Yeah, you yeah. know, that, that Titanic looking thing. The poor man's Titanic. They're yeah, going to take so. that to New York. That's where it used to be docked. So, And actually, this is North Vancouver. Uh, so I actually, I think I stayed at the one of the hotels behind there. Oh, that's cool. That's a nice trip to be able to get up there. Uh, yeah. So I didn't get to this spot. It wasn't really accessible, but this is where the dock was in, in New York. Where <laughs> this Jason New York dock. Came. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you know how hard it is to dock in New York? There really aren't docks. There's like Wall Street, you know, cargo spots. Yeah. But not all that many people are like going into Manhattan with their boat and docking. It, yeah. They just really kind of made it seem like that. this is like right outside of Midtown, you know, <laughs> Yeah, we're just going to dock the boat, honey, and head up to um, Times Square. Just keep it running. It doesn't really work that way. Uh, oh. But I do like your shots. And you're a completist. You. You, you, you see it till the end. I do. So I, I didn't get up to the roof, but you can see this was the roof uh, where it uh, the boxing took place. Right up there. Still in Vancouver. Still Vancouver, yep. If you had to sit down with your parents one night and watch... Friday the 13th, Jason takes Manhattan together and be silent the whole time and not yeah. talk and make fun of it. Would you rather watch that movie or look who's talking in another language that you don't speak and you can't talk uh, during the movie? Well, I think that's easy then. It'd be Jason takes Manhattan. Really? 
Yeah. See, I don't know if I could do that with my parents. I would have wow. to like giggle. <laughs> I mean, not that they wouldn't. It's not like it'd be too much for them. Yeah. I just. Yeah. I would have to. I couldn't keep it in. I'd be like, "Oh, come on!" I think the, the last time I watched this, which will probably be the last time I ever watch this for the next ten years, I was texting you that night, and I was like, "Oh yeah, what's going? I can't believe this is happening." It was like a support session, but uh, you did a great job. Next in Vancouver, the list, they always have to dirty up the place to make it look like America. Is <laughs> the funny they, thing they weren't Granted, too far this, off this, in 1989. Yeah, this alley is kind of obviously not the the best, but it certainly is not what it looks like in. <laughs> what they had to do for it in the movie. Um, yeah, and you know, 1989 New York City was not the friendliest of places. No, I was just watching a documentary, and it was more, I think, in the 70s New York, and I forget how crazy scary it was back then. Oh, yeah, even the cops were corrupt. Um, I do like this shot, though. This is the scene where the cop gets pulled away and the the radio gets ripped out with him. Yep, yep, yep. It's some good shots here. Still looks the same. Oh, there we go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right there where baby Jason, not baby Jason, but. Uh. Baby Jason. <laughs> baby Jason should have been bigger than baby Yoda. Why did that ever become a thing? I don't know. Maybe it will be once we get I, all these legal rights settled. I will say something admirable about Jason Voorhees. He doesn't kill kids. Michael Myers, Freddy, they will. Jason yeah. does not kill children. He yeah. kind of knows like he was a kid too. Like, yeah. So he's admirable, Robert. Yeah. He's very admirable. Uh, next on the list is Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. And I think we may have talked about this. So I'll, I also saw this in the theater. And as a Halloween fan, I was so excited for yet another Halloween. And uh, I was in college by this point. So I think I went to the theater pretty tipsy. Uh, but not tipsy enough to realize that, oof, this, <laughs> this is kind of what is this it kind of felt like they took a bad slasher movie and slapped some halloween stuff in it but yeah they it's almost like they took leftover scenes in halloween 4 and they're like well let's just put them in here but let's add some other stuff yeah but that doesn't fit mm, yeah. just do it i i'll still watch this movie but to me halloween 4 is like the last good Halloween movie that's worth like watching for me. Mm, I'll, I'll I know you're a big you fan of, of Josh Hartnett, but um, it's and like I, okay, it's one of like the classic Halloween movies. I, I have a big soft spot for Halloween Six as well, so which a lot of people do not like. But Halloween Six, the one that came out in '95. Yep, yep. Oh no, Paul Red. Yeah. Well, you know better about it than I do, so I'll respect your opinion. But I have I, I, seen that. Yeah. I, I, it's actually I the good... first Halloween movie I've ever, or the second one I've ever like watched as like oh, an really? adult, or as a so, teenager. I, I have good experience with that. So, um, so the page is slow to, to load up, but yeah, a lot of these locations out, out in Utah I went to. Um, so I kind of overloaded this page because, yeah, as you know, I'm a completist, and so every every angle <laughs> has to be in there. But you have to. Yeah, You're, you do a fantastic job. So Halloween, uh, Halloween five, yes. Um, tell us about this. This is in Orem, Utah. This is the oh, this yeah. is the children's clinic. Yeah. So also oh, used yeah. in the stand, if I remember right. No, maybe not this one. No, I think something else was. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, a lot of these locations were used in the stand, and so like Mother Abigail's house is next to the Carruthers house uh, in the stand. No way. Yeah. So the house to the left of the Carruthers. If you if you watch, that's Mother Abigail's house when they all kind of come in town to visit her. Wait, this one right here? No, no to the, to the left of this house. Looking at it, their left. Yep, this one. Yep, right there. Oh, that's, is it? That's Mother Abigail's house. In the the ninety four stand. Yeah. Yep. So oh, she's nice. sitting on the porch, and they can all come up to her. So that's the house right next door. Oh, that's so cool. Is this is that house posted to your stand page as well? Uh, it is, and uh, I try to think. So Vincent Drugstore in Halloween four and five is also used in the stand. Um, I think there's some other locations they share as well. Oh, that's so cool! To the semi creepy neighbor next door. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just you know running out in a towel, and there's like what is? Yeah, what is he doing? Yeah, what. what 
Why is she in the towel in the public? Oh, and then of course this is the clown cop music scene. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Where there's oh, I clown, this. this is yeah. Dead. There's clown music, kind of, and you know, like I was like, this, this is a Halloween movie. What? I don't know. They're supposed to be the. What were they doing? I do remember that too. They just kind of, kind of one-liner zingers, and then to be act. Oh, and then Tina, one of the most probably disliked characters in Halloween as well. Those leggings. Yeah, can't get rid of the 80s i mean yeah she's a walking 80s look at that oh yeah no it's they were like De- this is double, the last shot from the for the 80s let's just put it all in here double denim you know <laughs> totally 80s but i did get to go out to tower farm and go into the barn uh that was used in this film which was nice you got to where is that at um, it's somewhere else in utah i can't quite remember that's really it, cool yeah so the, the guy was pretty nice like uh, we went there and there was nobody there. And then um, I kind of have this thing. As soon as I show up at a place, like the owner will drive up, and then I'm kind of in this weird position saying, "Can I take pictures?" Or you know. And so yeah, right. he led us into the barn, and and it was super nice about it. So, oh, this was oh, the Myers so cool. house that became a, a four-story monstrosity. But <laughs> is that what it is now? Yeah. Well, remember in, in this in this movie, the Myers. Oh house yeah 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 like, yeah. This crazy. Yeah. What are they doing there? Why is it? Why is it so crazy? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it grew over the years. <laughs> it's like that Stephen King short story. It grows on you where the house like takes a life of its own. Yeah. I do uh, credit the police cars, though, that have red lights and not yellow ones. It always adds an extra now level of validity. Authentic <laughs> police. Authentic Haddonfield police. Yeah, not garbage day. Uh, um, really, good, really good shots here. Next on the list uh, is going to be... Uh, okay, that's it for the honorable mentions. Next yeah. up... Have can't look away. These are fi- films that are bad, but we still watch. And Robert, we both have down Karate Kid Part Three, and I think that will probably be the winner for us. I had my my. Uh, let me talk about my runner-up is Millennium, which you probably never never heard of. What is Millennium? Um, so it's Chris Christopherson, Cheryl Ladd. Um, I think it's a Canadian movie too, but more or less, people are coming back from the future future to steal healthy human <laughs> beings. Um, but they take what? them off. They take them off planes that are about to crash. So like, these people are already going to be dead. And so I don't, it's just one of my favorite late night movies that I will always always watch. So. Is it a horror movie? Uh, no, it's kind of like a sci-fi. Okay, um, a little bit of time travel thing going on, and and Cheryl Ladd is one of my favorite Charlie's Angels, and uh, she's constantly chain smoking in this because in the future. The air is so bad. When they come back to our time, in order to breathe our cleaner air, they have to be constantly chain smoking. <laughs> That's awesome. I I just kind of I I like it. So it's called Millennium. Millennium. Yep. Millennium. And Karate Kid Part Three. Of course, we both love this movie, or at least I love it. I know you you enjoy it. It's uh, I love your shots in this. This is the um, Ennis Brown House. Yeah. This is Terry actually... Silver's mansion. Yeah, I actually walked into the patio. Um, there was a day, the day I went to visit, um, uh, I was there to take pictures, and uh, the gate was open, and uh, I just, I rarely do this. I walked right in. Oh, no uh, way. Good for to, you. To grab some pictures from the patio and stuff like that and they were working on it they were kind of doing some renovations off kind of behind me and stuff like that so i could grabbing quick pictures and da, 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 and then one of them kind of noticed me and i waved and and walked out <laughs> but uh, they, they didn't say anything though right well they at that point of... i was like already on my way out so what are they going to what are they going to do that's yeah. so great you got in there to take shots yeah so it would be nice to get inside the house uh, uh for sure sometime but but yeah have and you ever been in a situation where you did that and you got caught? I mean, not that you're trespassing, but where you had to be like, oh, I'm an appraiser or something like that. Like, did you ever get in like a jam? No, I've never lied. Like, I just, because I feel like that that bad karma will follow me, you know? <laughs> well, I'm with you too. I, I would just be too like, I, I don't know. I, I would never want to like ruffle feathers if I'm in like a different state or something. I'd be like, I, I don't, yeah. you know, don't kill me. No, and that's why I've not, hops the fence to go see 
yeah like the part three barn or, or anything like that so but yeah so obviously so i saw this in the theater <laughs> don't be jealous i saw this in the theater <laughs> we i think it was like this is a 99 cent movie you know and we'd be back on college break and just going to whatever movies and then uh for better for worse uh <laughs> we just we cackled throughout this entire movie it was just <laughs> we just had a laugh riot on well he gained considerable weight, Ralph Macchio. Between look at films. that shirt. Every <laughs> I'm I'm wearing my travel shirt. You can tell. Oh, it's a great shirt. Yeah. There it is, everyone. Yeah. But no, didn't Ralph Macchio gain considerable weight between two and three? And he's supposed to be like just coming back. Yeah, he's supposed to be just getting off the plane. And I was like, well, they, I don't know what they fed on that plane. But uh, right, yeah, he had a lot of pasta on that. And plate. they kept putting him in the same, you know, like the the red windbreaker jacket, and his high, pants were hiked up to. Uh, <laughs> they were hiked up. They were jacked yeah, up. And it was just kind of like, and it was just too noticeable. I'm like, what are you doing? Or you know, like they should have kind of done something different. And uh, the character kind of really kind of got manic here, you know, with yeah. his. <laughs> his uh, reactions to everything going on. It's like, calm down. But... That's what I thought. That's that was my biggest takeaway is uh, or complaint about this movie is Ralph Macchio's reactions. You know, other movies he's kind of like a kid doing his thing. Yeah. And this he's like, I told you it was wrong. But why'd you do that? Why would you do that? <laughs> Just throw it down. I'm like, why are you screaming at everybody? Like the yeah. guy's like 80 years old. Uh, Daniel needs some meds. I don't know. Daniel yeah. needs some yeah. Xanax on Xanax off, <laughs> and he needs it now. Uh, there's the pottery store. This is this in Los Angeles? Yep, yep. I think it's kind of, if I remember, an Eagle Rockish area. Oh, uh, if I, Glendale-ish, maybe. I can't remember. I'm gonna start going to these places and taking pictures for online, and then post your picture above it, like not the movie picture, but yeah, sold in the set jetter jetter. So, um, so there's a picture of me, and then above it is you taking a picture of the place? You know what I think we should do is next trip, we should just do a Karate Kid 3 tour. Uh, I'm all about that. I actually, I, I went to a couple of Karate Kid 3 locations on this past trip that are not on here yet. So, What? Yeah, I know. Where, what are there? Do we have two? Uh, one is in uh, in Burbank, uh, the, the the realty company that... Um, it's just kind of oh. off Magnolia Boulevard. And then, um, you know, where he, he goes to the nightclub, the exterior, it was of next course. to another location that I, I was going to. So I went and took a quick picture of that. Yeah. Where's that nightclub? Is that like Santa Monica? No, no, that's, uh, the exterior. I, I'm not sure about if the interior was shot somewhere else, but the exterior was kind of, uh, downtownish. Oh, that's cool. Oh, here he is. Ralph Macchio with Daniel. Ralph Macchio. And I, I didn't even add my latest credit at three, uh, act other actor pictures so or maybe i did i did there's sean no sean Kanan, the man he's been on the show before yeah so he could go with us we could do uh uh, a revisit he is all about the karate kid three you will not find a better (laughs) like guy that lives up to what you would like to see like all he'll do is post on um, instagram is like pictures of karate kid three and like talk to fans he'll he'll I mean, he's been on this show twice. He'll go on like any show. He's he's he lives up to like the celebrity. He probably hasn't been back to the location, so we could take him on that tour. We could film it. That could be like yeah. a whole like thing. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think I'm going to pitch that to him. We should do yeah. something. Um, but I think that's going to be our show tonight, Robert. Unless you had anything else you wanted to slice into. No, that was good. End of the eighties. End of the eighties. Sayonaro, nineteen eighties. And you're wearing a hard a rock shirt, which is time. perfect for it. It's my Niagara 80s. Falls hard rock that, shirt. Gotcha. Yes. You, you've spent a lot of time there. <laughs> right? As a kid? Uh, I went a, on a trip there. And uh, and I almost went back when I was in Toronto because like, the Christmas Story School, I think, is just literally a few miles from Niagara Falls. You know, like it's oh. close enough on the other side. Um, well, but, that's cool. Yeah. I should have. The next, uh, it's good to do another show too. I know it's been a while. Yeah. And it was great to see you in California. Next show, uh, we'll get another show out to you guys this week as well. And um, please check out all the shows for free on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcast, um, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. And Robert's site at set jettercom Follow him on Instagram at set underscore jetter. I think that's it. Yeah, set underscore yes. jetter. Uh, 
Robert, thank you so much for being on the show. Likewise. Have a good night. We'll return next time, and we will talk about 1990 top grossing films and do they still hold up. Thank you for listening. Good night, everybody. Something strange.